Welcome to State Lines, where you get the best gambling and sports information in Illinois. Here are your hosts, Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. We welcome you into another edition of State Lines. Along with Kevin Berger, my name is Jason Gotch. Ho, 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 Christmas is in the rearview mirror. We hope your Christmas was a good one and the best one yet. And New Year's holiday here as well. So happy New Year and happy holidays to all of our listeners. We hope the entire season, not just last week, but the entire season, you've been enjoying all the winners we've been giving you here on State Lines. Last week of my best bets, another great week and almost a 3-0 week, but I did have the Bills plus the points in New England. They won that game outright by double digits, 33-21. Best bet number two, we the Buccaneers. I did minus 10.5 down in Carolina and Brady and the Bucs, as I thought, took out some frustration from that previous week home shutout loss to the Saints. They beat the really, really pathetic Panthers after a good start to the year. Carolina's awful right now. 32-6, the Buccaneers won that game. And then the Falcons let me down. They beat the Lions at home 2016, but Atlanta was a five-and-a-half-point favorite. So that's a rough one, but we'll take a two-in-one week every time. I'm right around 65% winners with the best bets of this season. So... A definite winning record for you in your account if you're betting with Jason Gotch in the best bets this year. But, Kevin, let's talk about another winner to continue with the start of our program here, the opening uh, segment. The Chicago Bears, who have not won much this season, everybody knows it. They go into Seattle, a Seahawks team that is down for the first time in a long time under Pete Carroll. Nick Foles, the third stringer, gets the start because Dalton and Justin Fields are both out. And Nick Foles leads a second-half comeback, a fourth-quarter comeback. The Bears score in the final minute of the game, or right around the final minute. I think it was 101 left on the clock to cut the lead to 24-23 for Seattle. And then they go for the two and the win, and good for Matt Nagy for doing that when you got four wins on the year. Forget the overtime. Go for the win on the road. And Foles finds Demir Bird in the back of the end zone with a one-handed catch, and he gets his feet down and his knee down, and the Bears win 25-24. It's been a bad year, Kevin, but hey, at least the Bears had one exciting game, a nice Christmas present for their fans. Yeah, Jason, it, w- it was an ugly game by all stretch of the imagination. It was not a pretty game by any means, but as we say in the business, a win is a win. Um, Jason, the things I liked is people were surprised. like, no, Nick Foles, he's just a veteran quarterback. He did exactly what he needed to do, Jason. He didn't try to do anything he couldn't, didn't try to do too much. Made the simple made the simple plays. Yeah, he only threw for 250 yards and one touchdown. But guess what? He didn't throw any interceptions, which, as we know, in football, you can't turn the ball over and still expect a win. Um, I was really impressed, Jason, with the Bears' outright um, commitment to running the football. David Montgomery, Jason, touched the football in total 28 times in that game. 21 of them were on the ground. And, yes, he only averaged – yards a carry for only 45 yards and one touchdown, but they kept running the football. That is what you have to do when you have a team that's, let's be honest here, Jason, is not the most talented on the offensive side of the football. What they can do is they have a lot of freakishly huge guys on the offensive line that can move people if they actually get the chance to move people. So I was impressed with uh, Matt Nagy's commitment to running the football force-feeding the Seattle Seahawks, David Montgomery, the entire first half. And you saw it pay dividends in the second half because that Seattle defense, Jason, was gassed in the second half. 
Yeah, that's a great point. You run the football, as you said, Kevin, and you not only do all the things you said, but you wear down the defense. And that was the case in the fourth quarter. And give a lot of credit to Nick Foles here, too. Look, this is a guy who's a former Super Bowl MVP. He's the third stringer on a bad team. A lot of guys would have quit at this point. They might not be all in even on starting a game late in the year. But Nick Foles, after the game, he's a high-class, first-rate individual and a guy you want in your locker room. He said, hey, it's great to compete with these guys. I've enjoyed getting to know the guys on this team. And I think he really means that because it showed with the way he played that game. He played it like a true professional. And I don't think Andy Dalton's coming back here. I think everybody knows that. He was on a one-year contract. But looking forward... Matt Nagy almost certainly will not be the Bears coach. The next coach that comes in here, you might have your quarterback set for next year. Justin Fields, your number one guy, for better or worse. Hopefully he can turn into a franchise player. We'll see. Jury's out on that. But if Nick Foles wants to stick around as the backup, it makes a lot of sense. You look around the NFL right now, and it's one of the biggest surprises to me this season going into it, that somebody didn't make the Bears an offer to get Nick Foles on their roster. I know he makes a lot of money, but you could renegotiate the contract. You see all the quarterbacks going out on a week-by-week basis in the NFL, and some of these backups, you could do a lot, lot worse than having Nick Foles as your guy. So kudos to him, and also to the Bears. Look, again, Nagy's not going to be back, but the, the team did not quit. They could have easily fold over, folded over the day after Christmas and just absolutely uh, got blasted. They did not in, in Seattle. So we'll give them credit for at least fighting to the finish. And speaking of that, only two games left in the season for the Bears. A couple of also-ran teams. Giants aren't going to the playoffs either. Kevin, you look at this week's game, noon kickoff at Soldier Field. Bears are actually a five-and-a-half-point favorite, minus 235 on the money line. Giants come back minus 190. They've got all kinds of issues of their own under head coach Joe Judge. The Giants do. Of course, Daniel Jones, their quarterback, is out for the season. Total in this game is 37. Again, noon kickoff. How do you see this one playing out? Well, Jason, this I agree with you saying that it's good the Bears have not given up on their fight until the end. Because of the fact, because the end of the day, Jason, this team, it's it's they're a bunch of professionals and they're playing for pride at this point. And a lot of these younger guys are guys that are coming up on contract years. Jason, there's only 15 guys on the roster right now that actually have contracts through next season. So a lot of these players are playing not just for jobs with the Bears, but jobs around the league at this point. And I expect the Bears to come out and they have to be ready to compete and they have to be ready to play. Um, this week. I mean, yes, it's the Giants, but this is still the NFL. You should not be taking any team lightly in the NFL, especially the Bears. They have no right to take any team lightly the way they've been playing this season. But um, with that being said, it's the Bears' last game at home this season. They're going to want to go out in a good note, beat up on a bad team like the New York Giants. I'll take I'll take the Bears at home in this one minus the five and a half. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Kev. Look, you think the Bears have quarterback issues, and I don't mean you. I mean everybody listening to this show. Uh, Take a look at the Giants. I mean, both Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon are are not good football players right now, and it looks like Glennon's going to be the starter, at least when we tape this show. It it sounds like Joe Judge, the coach of the Giants, is leaning towards Mike Glennon to be the starter. Bears fans saw all they needed over the first couple games of the season in 2017. Mike Glennon, how poor he performed. Uh, for John Fox in his last season as head coach, the Bears decided, hey, we're going to rush the Mitchell Trubisky experiment and put him on the field four games into his rookie season. And that was it for Mike Glennon with the Bears. He's not a good player. I think the Bears are going to win this football game, regardless of who starts at quarterback, if Fields is back, or if they, they go with Dalton or Foles this week. I, I like the Bears in this one. You, you can't say this very often when we tape state lines this year, Kevin. 
But the Bears are actually a better team than their opponent this week. They're a better team than the Giants. So give me the Bears minus the five and a half. As we roll along on state lines, he is Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. Another big game on our card this week. Uh, that team up north, as Lovey Smith liked to call them when he was the head coach of the Bears, didn't want to call them by name. The Green Bay Packers having another outstanding season. They're a six and a half point favorite, minus 290 on the money line against the rival Vikings at Lambeau this week. Uh, this is the Sunday night game, 7.20 p.m. kickoff. Total here is 46 and a half. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, what can you say? All the guy does is win. Uh, the Vikings have some long shot playoff hopes, but to get there, Kevin, they got to win this game. And uh, again, they're a pretty big underdog here up at Lambeau Field. Yeah, Jason, um, if this game was at Minnesota, I would like the the Vikings' chances a heck of a lot more. But um, it's at Green Bay, as you said. This is Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things as he has pretty much his entire career at this point. Um, I am going to take the Packers in this one minus the seven. I think the Vikings can cover this one, Jason. Um, but I am going to stick with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on this one. Also, a quick side note, I find it very interesting that now all of a sudden people are making such a big deal about his comments earlier in the week saying he doesn't he hasn't thought about the future. Leave the guy alone and let him play the rest of the season. Then he can do what's best for him, for God's sake. Maybe we can get lucky, <laughs> Bears fans, and Aaron Rodgers will decide that he's going to retire and then go host Jeopardy full-time. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And I also find it funny that people are saying, oh, the writers will never vote for Aaron Rodgers because he didn't get the COVID vaccine. If you're not going to vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP, when he is the MVP of the league this year, sorry, Tom Brady and everybody else, he should win the war award yet again. But if you're not going to vote for him for something uh, that he did, which was not illegal, which was his personal choice outside of football, then you should have your vote taken away. Because nothing other than what he did on the field this year, nothing he did was criminal off the field, nothing he did was illegal, and I would argue nothing he did was immoral or unethical either. But regardless of how you feel about COVID or anything else, when you're hearing stories, well, he can't win the MVP because he didn't get the COVID vaccine. Well, the guy survived COVID just fine, and he's he's playing MVP-level football. So he is the MVP. With all that being said, I have great respect for Aaron Rodgers, the football player, and what he's accomplished again this season. I'm taking the Vikings here. I think they're going to cover this game. I don't think they're going to win, but I think Minnesota and Kirk Cousins are going to go here and play a pretty close football game in the Sunday nighter. So give me... Aaron Rodgers not to cover this game, even though I think he's the MVP. Vikings cover the seven. Real quick here to end our segment, Kevin, let's talk about our better to drink and our first one of the show. You know how it goes if you've been listening to our program. Uh, we give proposition bets. You decide, the listener, based on what you hear from us, if you want to bet the game or if you or bet the proposition, rather, or would you like to Put that money in your beer fund because the last thing you want to do when you go with your friends to the bar to watch the NFL games is mooch money off them. You got to keep some money out of the bankroll for your uh, drinking and eating pleasure at the local establishment. So here we go, Kevin. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins combined for over four and a half touchdown passes. Yes is plus 115. Yeah, Jason, I'm going to take the yes on this one. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, again, he's usually good for three, sometimes four, most three, four touchdowns by himself most of the time. Um, Kirk Cousins, I'm sure he'll supplement however many touchdowns he throws with a couple of interceptions or fumbles because it's Kirk Cousins is what he does at this point in the season. But I will take the yes on this one. I would love to get $115 back. All right, Kevin locked in with the yes. I'm going to pass. The Vikings are reliant on their run game in some key situations. Certainly could go over. Everything Kevin said makes a whole lot of sense, but I, I want to have some money in that beer fund, so I'm going to pass on that one. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. When we come back, more NFL games to discuss, more better to drink it. All the NFL on this program as week 
17 of the NFL season. We've got a full card, 16 games being played on Sunday or Monday, 15 of those on Sunday. And then, of course, the traditional Monday nighter. No Thursday night football this week, no Saturday football. It's all the old school, Sunday and Monday. We'll talk about all of it right after this. Don't go anywhere. More sports betting talk right after this on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash lifeline if you have access to the internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Welcome back to State Lines along with Kevin Berger. My name is Jason Gotch. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Let's continue with our Week 17 NFL discussion. Again, a 15-game slate on Sunday. And then on Monday, we play the Monday Nighter. So if you want to vegetate after the New Year's holiday, sit inside. Probably going to be cold. I know in the Chicago area, they're expecting a lot of snow over the weekend. And then a frigid, cold Sunday. Perfect day to stay inside. Park yourself in front of the TV about 11.55 a.m. Uh, you know, take a couple of breaks in there, maybe eat, do what you got to do, and then go to bed at 11 o'clock at night after the uh, Sunday night game is over. Perfect day to do it based on what the weather's looking like. But let's get to it right here, Kevin. This is a huge, huge game for the Cincinnati Bengals to start off our segment here. The Bengals are plus 5, plus 175 at home against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are minus 210. Chiefs on the long winning streak. Total in this game is 51. A noon kickoff at Paul Brown Stadium on the banks of the Ohio River. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals have the inside track. They got all the tiebreakers in the AFC North. Uh, they, they've played really good football times this season. They got an explosive offense. They got a great young quarterback in Joe Burrow. But they have two tough games left to close the year. They've got the Chiefs. And then next week, they got to go to Cleveland to play the Browns. So, uh, the Bengals need to win one of these if they're going to win that division. At least you would think they could back in if everybody else loses. But a huge game here. And for Kansas City, uh, just playing for playoff position at this point because, once again, the Chiefs proving to be one of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah, Jason, I, I find it very funny how in, in the American media that we always over – it's it's a it's a it's an industry of overreaction. I mean, the first six games, people were saying that the Chiefs are done. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's offense is broken. What's wrong with them? They can't do this. They can't do that. Yeah, well, now look what they've done for the last basically two months. They've been the hottest team in the NFL for the last two months. Um, with that being said, though, Jason, I I really do like the Bengals at home. 
Uh, again, they're at home. As you said, the Chiefs are kind of just playing for playoff position at this point, Jason. The Bengals are still fighting for their playoff lives at this point, and they're fighting for a division title right now in that AFC North. So you know what, Jason? Let me take the Bengals in this one, um, plus the five, minus the 110 at home. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals, too. They win this game. They do win that AFC North. And the Chiefs do have an eight-game winning streak. But this is a great spot for Cincinnati. This is one of the biggest games they've played in years. Certainly, Mahomes and company are going to be tough to beat 11-4 and this year after the slow start. But again, the eight-game winning streak. But this is one, Cincy at home. Joe Burrow's playing great football. I like the Bengals as well, and I, I do think they are the best team in that AFC North. I mean, you look at their record against that division, the only team they've lost to, one game to the Browns, but they've swept the Ravens and Steelers. So uh, they're in a good spot right here. Since he wins this one, uh, they win the North, and I, I think they're going to at least cover the five. I don't know if they'll win the game, but I think they got a great shot to do it. Let's move on to another interesting contest involving an AFC North team. Uh, the Rams are minus three and a half, minus 195 at the Ravens, plus 165. Total in this game is 46 and a half. Uh, noon kickoff in Baltimore. Kev, I know last week is one of your best bets. You had the Rams, and they did cover, so they delivered for you. Uh, what do you think their chances here going to a Baltimore team that's really tailed off in recent weeks? And, of course, Lamar Jackson's had a lot of injury issues this season. Yeah, Jason, I mean, with Lamar Jackson in mind, apparently he was, he is back at practice this week, although the latest reports are saying that he's only limited. So, I mean, it still is not looking good for him to be playing this week either with that ankle. And uh, with that being said, otherwise, Jason, the, the Ravens, they don't have a ton going for them. I mean, this is, this right now, this proves how ingenious John Harbaugh, in my opinion, is Jason. He transformed his team, specifically his offense, to play to the strengths of his star quarterback. And without that star quarterback, they, they don't have a ton of answers on the offensive side of the football. So, um, again, Matt Stafford, he's been playing fantastic all season. Seems like the Rams have started to figure things out, especially when it comes to including Odell Beckham in there. Cooper Cup's been playing fantastic for most of this season. Again, still sucks they don't have Robert Woods. But defensive side of the ball, they have Jalen Ramsey. They have Aaron Donald. Nothing more needs to be said. Let me take the Rams on the road in this one, minus the three and a half. All right, Kev's going to be on the Rams. I'm actually going to be on the Ravens here. Don't love this game, but at home, this is one they need so, so bad. You look at that AFC playoff picture, and right now, You've got the Dolphins. What an amazing story they've been. They started one and seven. They won seven in a row. They currently have the seventh and final playoff spot in the AFC. But then the Rave, at eight and seven, Miami has that. But then you got a log jam. You've got the, the Ravens, the Chargers, and Raiders all with eight and seven records, but losing tiebreakers. And, and then you've got the Steelers sitting there at seven, seven and one, and the Browns and Broncos at seven and eight. So you got a huge log jam here. Baltimore's on their own field. I'm assuming Lamar Jackson's going to play, but again, we don't know. But if he does, I, I think they're going to at least cover this game. Three and a half is a lot for a road team. Uh, so give me Baltimore, even though I don't love the pick, and their defense does scare me because it's not what we usually see in Baltimore. Usually the Ravens put a good to great defense on the field. I don't think that's that this unit this year, plus the injury to Jackson, but still. Uh, I, I think this is a spot where the Ravens are at least able to cover as an underdog. As we continue here on state lines and look at the Titans and the Dolphins. As I said, the Dolphins have won seven consecutive games. All of a sudden, the two experiment looks like one. The Dolphins might want to keep going next season because 
Uh, he's done enough to lead them to a lot of victories here at a very important time of the year. And again, if the playoffs started today, Miami's in the playoffs. Who would have thought that at when they were 1-7 and seven and headlining toilet bowl games here on state lines? But this week, the Dolphins are in Nashville to take on the Titans. The Titans are minus 3.5, minus 180. Miami's plus 155. Total 39.5. Uh, this is a later kickoff down in Nashville as we look at this contest. So uh, we're going to check. Actually, it's an early kickoff. I beg your pardon. It's a new central time kickoff. How do you feel about this game, Kevin? Yeah, Jason, it's it's it, I, I can't figure this one out either. I mean, did, again, I would like to take Tennessee in this one. But again, as I've reiterated since it happened, they are such a different team without Derrick Henry. And so I can't figure this one out about who I want to take. And you're absolutely right with Tua, Jason. He's kind of in this. He's kind of put himself in the same position as Jimmy Garoppolo was at the beginning of this season. Everyone thought the 49ers were going to move on from Jimmy G's, played himself, he possibly played himself back into a job. Same thing with Tua. Tua's been fantastic the last five, six weeks. So you know what? I think the Dolphins, they're getting hot just at the right time. So let me take them visiting Nashville plus the three and a half minus the 110 on the road. All right. Locked in with the pick there from Kevin. I'm going to go with the Titans here. I think this is one of those trap spots for Miami. They've won so many consecutive games and we don't know what the Titans are getting without Derrick Henry. There's no doubt about that, but I think on their own field, they're good enough to cover the three and a half here. Uh, so give me Tennessee minus three and a half. Next up on state lines, we've got the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? As Jerry Jones would love to say. They are minus six, minus 260 at home this week against the Cardinals, a return plus 210. Total in this game is 52, 325 p.m. Central time kickoff. And you look at this matchup here, Kevin, and you say, boy, the Cardinals got off to that big, great start. They're still a 10-win team, but they've tailed off in recent weeks while Dallas is 11-4 and and still thinking about all they probably won't get it, still hoping they can get the top seed in the NFC in that first-round playoff bye. Probably not going to happen. And remember, the way with the added playoff team again this year at the bottom of each conference, only the top seed gets that first-round playoff bye. In the old days, it was the top two teams. Not the case anymore. Yeah, Jason, it's uh, th this is a this is a tale basically of two halves almost. I mean, yeah, Dallas has actually been pretty consistent this year, Jason. I I don't like to give them credit because I think Dallas Cowboys fans suffering is literally the most hilarious thing in all of sports because they're the most hilarious fan base in the history of sports. Um, but credit where credit is due. Mike McCarthy, Jason, you and I both said at the beginning of the preseason we didn't even expect him to get to get halfway through this season. But he's turned it around. Dak has been playing well. Ezekiel Elliott looks looks like a new man after losing about 15 pounds in the offseason. The Dallas offensive line has been doing what they've always done. Move people. CeeDee Lamb in the passing game. The Dallas defense with, with the addition of Micah Parsons, Jason, has been they've turned they went from one of the worst defenses in the league to one of the best defenses in the league. Um, I'm not saying that the Cardinals aren't great. But Jason, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any way that the Cardinals specifically are going to be able to stop Dallas this week, especially at Jerry World this point in the season. Let me take Dallas in this one minus the six, minus the one ten. And I think this is going to be a huge, huge game for Dak Prescott this week. All right, Kevin is locked in with the Dallas Cowboys. This is one of those that is really tough for me when I look at this one on paper. This, I, I guarantee you, this will not be 
in the best bets of the week, at least from my calendar, it will not be. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take a flyer here on Arizona. It's Again, don't feel great about this game, but I look at Kyler Murray on the road. This is a game Arizona, I think, needs to make a statement in against a good football team because the way the Cardinals have played the last month, I mean, they lost a the game at the Lions. You know, that, that that's not a game you want to lose as you're going down the stretch run of the season for team confidence. But if they can at least play a close game here, winning it would be outstanding. But playing a close game, I, I think, goes a long way towards them saying, hey, we belong at the top of the NFC. This is a game we might have to rematch in about a month or so down in Dallas in the playoffs. So uh, give me Arizona plus the six against the Dallas Cowboys. Next up on our card this week, the Buccaneers minus 12 and a half minus 675 at the Jets plus 475 total 45 noon kickoff uh, in New Jersey. Kevin, last week, the Bucs dismantled a very bad Panthers team. They got a bad Jets team this week. Brady and company going to do another number on a bad opponent or you think the Jets find a way to keep this one closer than we think? Yeah, Jason, this this is pro- this is probably going to be a rough game uh, for the Jets. I, I really don't think this is going to be very close. I hate that number, Jason, being 12 and a half. I really don't like it being that high, although I do totally understand as to why, because it's Tom Brady and the Bucks versus the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, they have their own problems at quarterback as well, so let me just keep it simple. Let me t- let me take the Bucks in this one minus the 12 and a half. I'm going to join you, Kevin. I'm on the Buccaneers as well. I can't bet the Jets in this game. I know it's a huge number on the road, and I don't like to bet big road numbers, but I did last week with the Buccaneers at the Panthers, and they delivered as one of my best bets. Not going to say I'm going to go there this week, but maybe I will. Who knows? But I'm taking the Buccaneers here and Brady and company to dismantle the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets will be grounded. Uh, Bucks minus 12 and a half is Jason Gotch's play. A couple of better drinkets here before we move on in our State Lines program, Kevin. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, good young quarterback matchup in Cincinnati this week. Will they combine for over 599 and a half passing yards? The yes is plus 100. Yeah, Jason, I'm going to take this one because, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things. And how about Joe Burrow, Jason? I mean, Joe Burrow has looked absolutely fantastic this season. As I said, as I predicted, he would be in the beginning of the season. Let, let, let's just make that well known to everybody who's listening. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to take the yes on this one. Also side note, Jason, and for your fun sports fact of the day, all you fans of state lines, Joe Burrow now holds the, the, the single season passing record for passing yards against a single team with almost Jason. He's he threw for almost a thousand yards this year against the Ravens alone. So, uh, props to Mr. Burrow. Yeah. Joe Burrow having an outstanding season and I'm going to go ahead and take the yes here of plus 100. I think these two teams are going to move up and down the field pretty well. And I also think that this is going to go, and they're going to combine for 600 passing yards, Mahomes and Burrow. So give me the yes. Uh, last one before we move on, Dak Prescott passing yards plus Kyler Murray rushing yards combined for over 349 and a half. Will that happen, Kevin? The yes is plus 100. Um, ooh. Jason, you know what? I am going to take the yes on this one, mostly because, I mean, Dak could probably get a good chunk of that, Jason, by himself just throwing the football through the air. Um, I know the Cardinals, they do have a pretty underrated defense, I think, nationally. I know they got J.J. Watt leading the way on the pass rush, but he's been quiet as of late. Dallas's offensive line has done a great job at keeping him clean. 
And I do think Kyler Murray is going to be able to chip in for a couple of yards on the ground here and there, but I'm going to take the yes solely off of, I think Dak's going to be able to get the bulk of that by himself. Yeah, I'm going with the yes as well. Well said, Kevin. I think that that's the great thing about this one. Look, Dak Prescott could actually get that all by himself. If you really think about it, it's certainly possible. And Murray's just got to chip in a few rushing yards to probably make this one happen. So yeah, I'm going to go yes plus 100. He's Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotcha. We come back on State Lines. All NFL on the program this week. So we're going to talk about uh, this full NFL card even more in depth. We're going to do some more better to drink it. Still got the toilet bowl game of the week coming up. Still got our best bets. Lots to do. Little time to do it. Back with more after this. Don't go anywhere. More sports gambling talk coming up on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now, back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Great to have you with us as we roll along on State Lines. Again, Happy New Year, everybody out there. I'm Jason Gotch along with Kevin Berger. And Kevin, here we go. AFC North. I'm not going to say powers because the Steelers have been a power. The Browns have been okay this season. Pretty good last season. And before that, they stunk for a long, long time. So we got the Browns and Steelers. Let's call it an old-fashioned rivalry in the AFC North. The Browns are minus three and a half in this game, minus 190. They're in Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, plus 155. Total in this game is 41. This is the Monday Nighter, 715 kickoff. And you, you know, you look forward here and you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're in Baltimore next week. They're likely not going to have a home game. Almost certainly will not have a home game in the playoffs this year. So this is likely Ben Roethlisberger's last game at home in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. He's either going to retire or probably move on from Pittsburgh. So this will be an emotional game in Pittsburgh for the Steelers, their fans, their team, and their quarterback. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, Jason, this is, this, this is I think, one of the more underrated games of the weekend in terms of it being interesting with a storyline behind it and that sort of thing. And as you alluded to, this is, in all likelihood, Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field. He's already said, he said before this season that this is it. Like, he's not going to be thinking, he's not going to decide late that he's going to come back or anything like that. No, this is going to be it for him. So I think this is, the emotions are going to run high in this one for him. They're going to be, I think they're going to be running high for a lot of his teammates too, because they're going to want to try to send him out of Pittsburgh a winner. Um, And the Browns, Jason, they have not, they have not looked good. For the last five, six weeks, they've not looked good. Baker Mayfield's been in and out of the lineup. 
I mean, he's been injured. He's had COVID protocol, all that sort of stuff. So I think this is going to be an old-fashioned, old-school, smash-mouth AFC North football game. And I and if I'm gonna and if I'm gonna be in one of those, Jason, with these two teams, my money is gonna be on Najee Harris and the Steelers running game in this football game. So let me take the Steelers at home plus the three and a half. I'm jumping right on with you, Kevin. I'm gonna take the Steelers as well, plus the three and a half. This is one of those emotional spots. And I, I love betting the human element in games. Everybody talks about all these numbers and all these statistics, and so many of them can be interpreted the way you want to interpret them. Uh, the, the truth is, in the NFL, football's an emotional sport. It is. And you think about Ben Roethlisberger, what he's meant to that franchise. He's going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame five years from the day he retires. That's the minimum to get in. A, a, a full stadium of Steeler fans there to thank him for what he's done for that franchise. I mean, just the connection of that city. And Cleveland's not that good. Let's face it, folks. They're not bad, but they're not that good. The, the Browns need a quarterback. Baker Mayfield is not the answer. His game has regressed. Give me the Steelers here, plus three and a half. I love them in this spot. So I'm going to join Kevin and take Pittsburgh, plus the three and a half at home against Cleveland. The Colts, a lot of people believe the Colts are a sleeper team in the AFC. Time will tell. Of course, Carson Wentz is in the COVID protocol, but that doesn't mean anything right now because uh, the quarantine times have been short and he could still get a negative test in time for the game. If he doesn't go, it's going to be Sam Ellinger at quarterback for the Colts. Uh, they are at home against the Raiders, minus seven, minus 310. Raiders come back plus 245. Totals 44 and a half. Noon kickoff in Indianapolis Central time. Kevin, the Raiders are an enigma. You know, you don't know what you're getting with them every week. They, they sometimes have great comebacks and wins. They sometimes lay eggs. Colts have been a play-on team since the early part of the season. How does this one shake out in Indy? Yeah, Jason, as you said, it's it there. I, I can't figure the Raiders out. It's the it's like you said. I mean, they looked they looked pretty decent early on in the season against the Chargers. Then they got wild by the Bears, which, geez, how embarrassing is that? Then they beat the Broncos, beat the Eagles, lost to the Giants, beat lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Bengals. Then they beat Dallas somehow. So it, they they've been a team that when they've had really high ups and they've had really low downs. Um, but with that being said, Jason, there's there's just something about this game that's telling me to take the Raiders in this one. On the I know they're on the road, and the Colts. They I I agreed with a lot of people, Jason. I think the Colts are a dark horse team to really make some serious noise come playoff time. But right now, there's something that's just speaking to me, telling me to take the silver and black in this one, and that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take the Raiders in this one. Plus the seven on the road. And I think, Jason, there might be a little bit of extra emotion from Raider Nation this week with the passing of John Madden, who, I mean, let's be honest, Jason, probably is, if not the greatest commentator just in football history, but I would say the greatest analyst in sports history, period. Well, yeah, absolutely. You you certainly could make that argument when you think about the way he revolutionized the role of the color commentator on sports broadcasts. I mean, the telestrator, the humor, the knowledge, the insight. And really, I, I think one thing about John Madden that maybe hasn't been said all that much and really he deserves a lot of credit for, he never talked down to the audience. I mean, he John Madden knew more about football than all of the average fans combined, including myself, when I'm not, you know, doing work here on the radio. You know, we're all fans. But, I mean, he knew that much about the game. He was a Super Bowl-winning coach. But he never talked down to you as 
a commentator and Super Bowl winning coach. He sounded like your buddy in your in your living room that you yep. were just having a beer talking football with. And he truly one of the great commentators, really, like you said, Kevin, you can make that argument that he is the best commentator uh, in the history of sports. And, and what a sad passing. And, yeah, there's certainly probably going to be some emotion there. Uh, and I remember just a, just a side note here. I remember in the 80s when his book came out, One Knee Equals Two Feet. I, my mom, I had her drive me to the library to get that book. And I remember taking it to school and reading it, you know, during recess and breaks in grade school. And I, I think I read the thing in like two days because it was that good. It was that funny. It was that insightful, you know, for me, a, a junior high kid at the time. But yeah, rest in peace, coach. You know, a life well lived. Still in this one, though, I got to go with the Colts. And thinking they're the better team at home, and they're both these teams needed for either the playoffs or playoff positioning, probably in the Colts case. But I just think the Colts are the better team here, and they're the play on team. And I know Wentz is in the COVID list. Something tells me with the changing of the protocols, he's going to be able to play in this game. So uh, give me Indianapolis minus seven. If Sam Ellinger's on the field, I probably wouldn't bet this one, but. Uh, give me the Colts, assuming Wentz will play minus the seven. The Bills, big win in New England last week. They're minus 14 this week, Kevin, minus 1,000 on the money line. Huge number there against the Falcons, who come back plus 650. Totals 44, uh, noon kickoff central time. You know, the Atlanta Falcons, you don't think of them as a good team, but they are seven and eight this year. Almost certainly will not get into the postseason. But Atlanta's not awful, at least on paper, though. The odds makers think they're they're a world away from the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Jason. And I know Norm and I know this has the makings of this has the all the makings of a trap game. So I I would pick the Falcons to cover this game. I definitely think that they can keep it within two touchdowns because I mean, let's be honest, Matt Ryan is still an MVP. He is still a former MVP, and he is still a professional quarterback. Atlanta's got some talent. Um, do I think this game's going to be very close? No, but I think they might be able to cover this one in, like, garbage time and that sort of thing. So I guess with that being said, yeah, I guess I'd be taking uh, Atlanta in this one uh, plus the 14 because I definitely think they can keep this within two touchdowns. Make that two of us, Kevin. Exactly what you said. Garbage time. You get a touchdown. You can easily cover that number, or maybe you keep it close in a letdown spot for the Bills after that huge win over New England. Buffalo's going to win this game. I just don't think they're going to do it by 14, so I'm on the Falcons as well. Give me Atlanta plus the 14. Eagles minus 3.5, minus 180 at the Washington football team. I almost said their own nick, old nickname because I said it for about you know, 35, 40 years <laughs> of my life, but I, I caught myself at the end. They're the Washington football team now hopefully next year they'll have a nickname i think you could decide it in two years shouldn't be that difficult of a thing to pick i mean you're in the nation's capital there's a lot of you know you could become the senators you could become uh the governors you could become a lot of different things i mean come on do it get it done uh washington football team plus 155 totals 45 noon kickoff central time how about the eagles kevin this is a team that really sputtered out of the gate but they have played a lot better football. They have the inside track on a wild card spot in the NFC. And uh, if they can get this done, uh, it looks like they're going to get there. Yeah, Jason, uh, I have been telling people for a long time that they made a very, very, very underrated draft pick when they drafted Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma to be their quarterback. Um, I know it took him a while to figure it out, but, I mean, Jalen Hurts, is it's, he's the same way that Mac Jones has gone this year, Jason. He's gotten better every single week. 
I know he's been battling some injuries this season, but he's looked really, really good this year. I'm on the Eagles um, for this week as well, and I agree. They need this football game. Let me take the Eagles on the road, minus the three and a half, minus 180. And, Jason, I just picked up this article from SportingNews.com. This was published on November 29th. So, yes, it was about a month ago now. But um, team president Jason Wright is quoted as saying they will announce a new team name for the Washington football team in early of 2022. The new name and logo will be revealed in early 2022. It's about time. Good for Jason Wright. So, yes, yes. <laughs> I can actually treat the the team from Washington like an actual football team now, not a nuisance like they've been to me for the last year and a half. And why do I think they're going to screw it up? Maybe You know, they've had two years. It's just, they're going to come up with some goofy nickname, some goofy logo, like the Cleveland Guardians, which to me, I know I know the story. They got a bridge there with statues they call the Guardians. It's still a terrible nickname. Hopefully the Washington football team, with two years to get it done, comes up with a better nickname than the Guardians, which I personally just think is brutal. But I think fans of the Chargers don't think their team is brutal. They've had a decent season <laughs> up and down, though. Eight and seven probably should be better than that record. They are six and a half point favorites here, Kevin. Minus 250 against the Broncos in LA, plus 200 for the Broncos on the money line. Totals 45 and a half, 305 kickoff central time. Vic Fangio lobbying hard for his job this week says, Hey, it's been, you know, a little bit of a struggle, but we're improving. I should be back. I'm not so sure if that's going to happen, but uh, this game, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, Jason, th- this is a this is a big game for both of these teams because I mean I know that Kansas City pretty much has that divisional crown locked up, um, but this this is an important game I think for these two teams because it's a di- it's a division game, division rivals. They're th- both teams always get hyped up for those football games, and I agree that the, I mean the Chargers they've looked pretty solid for most of the season. Justin Herbert I think has stepped into that uh, t- like one of the top tier categories in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, Denver, they've been a little bit underwhelming. I mean, for the most part, they've tried to, they've lived and died by their defense. Uh, so let me take in this case, let me take Joe, uh, not Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert and the guy and the, and the bolts minus six and a half at SoFi. All right, Kevin locked in here with the chargers. I'm going the same way as well. Look, this is the game. The chargers got to have, they are fighting for a playoff spot. You look at the standings right now. And you see in the AFC, the Chargers right now are on the outside looking in. They're tied with the Dolphins, but they lose that tiebreaker for the final playoff spot in the AFC. So go ahead, give me the Chargers to take care of business in a game they really need to win. They're going to do it comfortably. They cover the six and a half. couple of better to drink it's here before we get to our toilet bowl game of the week. Uh, coming up here in just a few moments. Uh, Colts, Jonathan Taylor, Las Vegas Raiders, Josh Jacobs, over 174 and a half combined rushing yards. Kevin, the yes is plus 110. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. That, that God, that's a good one. Um, but you know what, Jason, I'm going to go ahead and I will take the yes in this one because I mean, Jason, Jonathan Taylor has been, I think to most people or to the average football fan, one of the biggest surprises of the entire season, especially if you're an average fantasy football owner, um, he's been a huge surprise if you have him on your roster. But uh, Jonathan Taylor has been fantastic this season. Um, I do know the Raiders' uh, rushing uh, defense is not exactly the best in the world, and neither are the Colts for that matter. So between Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs, yes, I think they can get 175 rushing yards. So let me take the yes on this one. 
All right, Kevin locked in with a yes. I need money for the bar this week, so I'm going to pass on that one, put that one in the beer fund. The Browns, Nick Chubb, the Steelers, Najee Harris, combining for over 174.5 rushing yards. The yes here, Kevin, is plus 100. Oh, yeah, Jason. I think I'm going to keep this one in the beer fund. Um, I doubt that I don't believe in Najee Harris. I mean, like the rest of the Browns team, Nick Chubb has kind of had an up-and-down season. I'll pass on this one. All right, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say yes. Those guys combined for over 174 and a half rushing yards, so I'll bet the yes on that one. We come back. Toilet Bowl game of the week. Three best bets for both Kevin and I against the spread. More NFL games from week 17 to look at. So much to do here on State Lines. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. We're back after this. We'll be right back on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. We welcome you back on State Lines. And I've got to admit, Kevin Berger, along with me, Jason Gotch, I didn't see this one coming when we were talking over the summer. I did not think uh, in early January the Seattle Seahawks would be involved in our Toilet Bowl game of the week. But that's indeed the case. This is the worst season in Seattle under head coach Pete Carroll. They've had so much success under him this season. They did have the injury to Russell Wilson early on. But the Seahawks are actually in our Toilet Bowl game of the week against a multiple uh, appearance team this season, a repeat performer many times in the Toilet Bowl game of the week, the Motor City Kitties, the Detroit Lions. The Seahawks at home, minus 7, minus 300 against the Lions, plus 235. Totals 42 and a half, 325 kickoff central time. Again, the Seahawks 5 and 10. The Lions at 212 and 1. And you look at it today and you say, the Detroit Lions would have the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. But first things first, how does this toilet bowl of the week play out? Yeah, Jason, I mean, if you asked me two weeks ago, I would say that Seattle would easily crush Detroit. But, uh, I mean, look what they looked like last week, Jason. I mean, Seattle, they have not looked good. I mean, Russell Wilson's wear and tear is starting to show, Jason. His wear and tear is starting to show. Um, their offensive line still can't keep him protected, but that's pretty much been the story of the Seahawks during Russell Wilson's entire tenure there. They still have not been able to find an offensive line to block for him. Um, their defense, I mean, yes, it's still led by Bobby Wagner, but their defense isn't as great. 
And I, I can't believe I'm doing this, Jason. I am going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take Detroit. Do not let me down, Lions, because I stuck up for you four weeks in a <laughs> row, and you let me down four weeks in a row. So I'm going to take Detroit in this one, Jason, plus the seven. Kevin's got guts to go with the Lions as much as he has. You got to admire a guy who's saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to step up and take the Detroit Lions. I'm not going to in this one. I'm going to go ahead and take the Seahawks at home minus seven. I think this is a game where they take out some frustrations this entire season they've had on an inferior opponent. And I know what happened last week against the Bears, but the Bears were actually better probably playing Nick Foles. Nick Foles fits Matt Nagy's style of play more than Justin Fields has this season. So I think that was a little bit of a misleading game. Plus the Bears still, their defense can step up in certain situations. Uh, The Lions won't this week, in my opinion. Give me the Seahawks. Minus the seven. Back to the regular card. The 49ers are minus 12, minus 630 at home against the Texans who return plus 450. The totals here, the total in this one is 44. 3.05 p.m. kickoff. A central time, a familiar theme that we've been talking about in this program, a game the 49ers really need. I mean, they're in that sixth playoff spot in the NFC, eight and seven right now, Kevin. Uh, One game up on the Vikings, Falcons, and Saints for that final playoff spot. Yeah, Jason, I mean, looking at these odds, this tells me that apparently the odds makers really don't think anything about Houston because they still, because we still don't know right now who's going to be getting the start this weekend. For um, San Francisco, if it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo or if it's going to be Trey Lance, I'm not honestly comfortable, Jason, picking this one because if it's Trey Lance, I really don't like San Francisco's chances because he hasn't played. He, He just has not played at all. If there's Jimmy Garoppolo in this one, Jason, then I think it's overwhelmingly you take San Francisco in this one minus the 12. But and And for the show's purposes... I'm going to take them in this one at home, Jason, minus the 12. But folks who are listening to this, um, I this might be a game where you wait until the last injury reports come out and the 49ers have to announce a starting quarterback before you put any money on this one. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe a good point with a lot of these games too this weekend, Kevin, because we don't know about, I mean, the, the COVID situation, it's becoming madness in these sports leagues. They're almost full, all fully vaccinated and so many guys are testing positive and having to sit. So we have no idea what's going to happen with a lot of these games, but a great point about Garoppolo and, and Lance as well. And I, I'm going to go ahead though. I'm going to take the 49ers here. The Texans have played better in recent weeks. I think they're due to get smacked in a game. And I think uh, this one that San Francisco needs, they're going to find a way to win it by double digits. So uh, give me the 49ers minus the 12, and we'll see how that one plays out with their quarterbacks. Here's another one. This is, again, in the NFL, a 16-point spread is huge, as everyone who bets knows. The Patriots are minus 16, minus 900 against the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars, who return plus 600 on the money line. The total's 41.5, noon kickoff in Foxborough. The Jags are terrible. The Patriots lost to the rival Bills at home last week. Belichick and company, you know they're going to want to win this game convincingly. But do the Jaguars have some fight in them, Kevin? Um, I, I think they do have some fight in them, Jason, because these are professional football players. Do they have enough fight in them to, keep, to cover this game? Uh, absolutely not. Um, as I referred to um, earlier to you, Jason, in a break, that uh, I saw a headline this morning on ESPN asking, is it time to panic in Foxborough because the Patriots have lost two straight games? Are you kidding me right now? 
This is Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots we're talking about. Congratulations. The NFL has started to figure out Mac Jones a little bit. That's what the NFL defensive coordinators and defensive coaches do, everybody. That's that's literally what their job is, to figure out how to go up against opposing offenses. Um, I don't think this is going to be that much of a cause for concern for the Patriots. I'll take Mac Jones and the Patriots at home. I really don't like taking a minus six, uh, 16 point spread because it, I think, I just think that's a really big number. Um, but I will take the Patriots in this one minus the 16, Jason. All right. Kevin locked in with the Patriots boy. I don't want to because the number is so big, but I've got to agree. I'm going to take the Patriots as well. This has 30 to three written all over it. 31-7 written all over it, 38-7, to 38-3. Give me the Patriots minus the 16. The Jags are that bad. Continuing here with the final game on our regular card for this program before we get to the best bets, the Saints are minus 6.5, minus 280 against the Panthers who come back plus 225. Totals 37.5, noon kickoff for the Saints and the Panthers, two disappointing teams this season in the AFC South. Though, again, the Saints at 7-8, and eight, uh, they haven't been eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah, Jason. I mean, th- this is a an- this is another bad football game. I mean, I I'd, I'd say debatably, you could even have put a we could even have had this be our toilet bowl game of the week because these have been two teams that they've been up and down. Um, New Orleans, as as I say, it's the most ironic statement I've probably ever said on this show is that the Saints' season was derailed once they lost uh, Jameis Winston. God, I can't believe I just said that, but um. The Panthers, they're now going back to Sam Darnold after they bring back Cam Newton. Now now they're 0-5 since he took over as the starting quarterback. Both of these teams do not have good quarterbacks right now. Um, So, Jason, I will take the New Orleans Saints only because for two reasons. Number one, they still have Alvin Kamara. And number two, it's being played at the Superdome. All right. Locking in with the Saints is Kevin Berger, as is Jason Gotch. The Panthers are an absolute mess. I think the big question now for Carolina, other than their quarterback situation next year, is whether Matt Rule comes back. You know, another guy who coached well in college football, Temple and Baylor, but has not had any success in his first two seasons with the Panthers. Last week when the Bucs were blowing him out in Charlotte, the fans were chanting, fire Matt Rule. Uh, Will the owner, David Tepper, do that or have a little patience? We'll find out here probably sooner rather than later. But I'm going to jump on board with the Saints. I know their quarterback situation is an absolute mess, but I still like the Saints here uh, to cover this six-and-a-half-point spread against the lowly Panthers. Kevin, it's that time of the show all the listeners have been waiting for. We do it the same way every week. We each give three best bets in no particular order uh, for the week that will be in the National Football League. This is week 17. And as always, to start it off, the floor is yours. Yeah, yeah, everyone, last week, just to give you a quick recap, because I know Jason did it at the beginning of the show. I'll do mine at the end of the show. Um, recap of last week, I actually went 2-1 and one as well. I did hit with the Rams. They did manage to they did manage to cover that game. So I took them actually on the, on the money line, actually. So I was plus 100 on that one. And my other W was the Bengals, again, minus the two and a half, minus 115 at home last week. My one loss was with the New England Patriots last week. Um, so with that being said, Jason, my first best bet of this week is going to be the L.A. Rams going on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. Again, Lamar Jackson, doubtful for this week. Um, they don't really have an answer at quarterback right now. L.A. in this game, Jason, I think has got too many weapons. Let me take the Rams on the road, minus the three and a half. 
All right, Kevin locked in with the L.A. Rams in Baltimore. Minus the points, taking the Rams in that contest. I'm taking the Bears, folks. I'm doing it. Mike Lennon's that bad. Joe Judge's Giants are that bad. I don't know who's a quarterback yet as we tape this program for the Bears, whether it'll be Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, or possibly even Justin Fields as he recovers from that ankle injury. They might play it safe with Fields, however. No matter who the quarterback is, the Bears are a lot better team than the Giants. That's how bad the Giants are. Give me the Bears. Minus the five and a half is Jason Gotch's first best bet of the week. Kevin, best bet number two. And best bet number two, Jason, for me, is actually going to be the Monday Nighter. It's going to be um, Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. Again, I'm going to be rolling with the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. Again, it's going to be a very emotional game for Ben Roethlisberger. For Mike Tomlin, for all the Steelers in this football game, they're going to want to come out and get, and get the old man a W in this one. So let me take Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, plus the three and a half, minus the 105 at home against Cleveland. Kevin and I do not compare notes before the program. We each do our own research. We make our own picks. We learn what each other are going to say on the air as the program progresses. Doesn't happen very often because we, well, we have so many games to pick and you know we, we look at things a certain way, but... This week, with best bet number two, <laughs> we are locked in the same way. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers as well, plus three and a half. Exactly what Kevin said. Steelers at home, emotional game for Roethlisberger, his final game in Heinz Field. Browns aren't that good. Baker Mayfield's awful, in my opinion, at this point. His career, Browns need a quarterback. Steelers, plus the three and a half. They're going to cover. Final best bet of the week, Kevin. Final best bet of the calendar year 2021 as we tape the show. All righty, so my best, my final best bet for 2021, and what a year it has been, everybody, um, is to the surprise of absolutely nobody, Jason. I am going to be sticking with the team I have stuck with for practically the entire season, the Cincinnati Bengals at home, plus the five, minus the 110 against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, we've talked about it at, at nauseum, everyone. The Bengals need this football game. If they win this football game, they have all but they are basically all but assured to have locked up the AFC North, which at the beginning of the season nobody saw that coming. The emergence of Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, and the boys. Let me take the Bengals of this one plus the five at home. All right, Kevin locked in with the Bengals. I am going to go with the 49ers, regardless of who is that quarterback. The Texans have played better in recent weeks. This is where they get spanked pretty bad, in my opinion. Big number. I don't normally like it when I bet, but I'm going to take it here. I'm going to take the 49ers minus the 12 at home against the Texans in a game Frisco needs to win to make sure they make the postseason. Log jam towards the bottom of those NFC playoff standings for kevin berger i am jason gotch have a happy healthy new year everybody enjoy the week 17 games and we will talk to you next week this has been another edition of state lines enjoy the winners everybody you've been listening to state lines a franklin media group podcast for more information visit statelines.show to start your own podcast visit franklinmedia.group 